y'all. Welcome to The Healing Station with Dr. Davis. I am your host, Dr. Davis, here for another episode of the Heart Condition series. And I got my girl, Queen Sylvia Speaks, with me. Go ahead and say hi to the people, girl. Hey, everyone. So glad to be here for yet another episode to talk about a beautiful feeling that is a gift from God. Um, Let's get into it. Let's get into it. So today we're going to be talking about loneliness, which is truly a gift when we use it in the way it was intended. But I do want to start off by giving you uh, some information that I, when I saw, I was like, wow, this is why it's important for us not to be impaired in this feeling. But when it comes to loneliness, if it's impaired, if we're not using it in the way that God intended for us to use it, it can be as bad as smoking. That's what the research says as far as your health is concerned. And the World Health Organization has declared loneliness a global health threat. And this could be because a lot of us, um, we well, at this point, we live in a very self-sufficient, glorified world where there's a lot of stigma around asking for help and really being able to connect with others and be vulnerable. I believe that's a big part of why it has been a a big issue. And so I want to talk about this today because I believe it is important. So starting with you, Sylvia, what are your thoughts on loneliness? Um, well, like loneliness can be a very hard feeling to endure and maneuver through, um, especially when you don't have the proper tools to be able to navigate it or don't understand exactly what to do with it because intimacy essentially speaks to the space in our heart of wanting intimacy, right? It speaks to, um, and it, re- it speaks to intimacy and it reveals our need for like some sense of solitude. Um, it reveals our need for like the source of goodness, you know, good things, right? Um, and healthiness, right? Um, and what we're seeking and desiring from other, which is essentially to connect with someone, something else, right? Mm-hmm. There's is your heart is saying hey there's something missing right which makes sense why like people can die of heartbreak right like you know Mm -hmm. you see spouse die and then immediately after the next spouse dies there's that heartbreak there's that loneliness that intimacy that was disconnected and then they pass from it so it can be a really really hard feeling to endure um it really can like you know especially like around when you're in a space where maybe you know um Uh, around the holiday times if yeah. you know you see gathering with family and stuff and maybe you have for whatever reason estranged relationships with family members or friends or whatever it is that loneliness can really increase and it can be really heavy and really hard to kind of maneuver and navigate through if you don't know how to um get the appropriate intimacy that you're desiring yeah, it definitely makes sense. And I think times like when you were mentioning the holidays and different times, it kind of exacerbates that feeling in a way where you could be feeling fine. And all of a sudden, because everyone else is like, oh, I'm going to be with my family or I'm going to go. And you're like it kind of that hole that you have or what's missing kind of gets highlighted. And you're like, oh, yeah, I, I can't really do that. I don't have that privilege, if you will. And it can have you feeling more lonely than usual or have that or you actually have you pay attention to the loneliness that's always been in your heart, I think is more appropriate to say it that way. Cause I feel a lot of times it's easier to ignore that throughout the year or in other days. Um, Cause you're not 
it's not in your face, if that makes sense. So you're not, you're yeah. able to ignore it and act like it's not there or pretend like you're fine because you're being distracted by everyday woes of work and all that. And so I think a lot of times, especially for us who in this day and age where we have social media and we have all these things where people can really feel like they're, we're more connected, quote unquote, than ever. But we're also more most lonely because we don't have to be vulnerable. You're putting your highlight reels on there. And so we're not really connecting with one another, but it can be like this false sense of connection, if you will. Yeah. And that goes into what um, the book talks about, The Voice of the Heart, called A Full Living by Chip Dye. He talks about when it's in healthy or when it's uh, when it's unhealthy, when it's impaired, it can be in a space of like intensity. Right. And so intensity essentially is an attempt to attain satisfaction through extreme strain, struggle and effort. And mm-hmm. so therefore it gets us to a space where we kind of construct a false self um, so that others will love us. Right. So it gets to a space where, like you said, all of this striving. So where we're doing a whole bunch of different jobs. And so that way we can get the acceptance of like, Oh, you a hustler or you, you know, you mm-hmm. work hard, all of that type of stuff, but that's not truly what is gratifying your soul. Mm-hmm. Um, what are kind thoughts in regards to that measure the measure of in re- in intensity like it being impaired in an intense state where we're constantly trying to avoid and all of the things and creating this false version of ourselves and showing up I think it's just it's a way that we can avoid the matter that's really in our heart it's just a way where we can get a sense of a, a false sense of fulfillment I like to think of it as a lot of times when I'm talking with clients I'll I'll say junk food intimacy is what I'll call it where it's like when I'm hungry of course I need like a well-balanced meal and then I'll be satisfied I get my protein I get my you know vegetable whatever and then I'll be fully satisfied I'll get all the nutrition that I need however if I grab some junk food like some chips or something like you'll never get enough you've got to keep eating more and more chips you can't just eat one and you're never going to be satisfied and you're not going to get the nutrition that you need so basically all of the striving is junk food it makes you feel full it makes you feel like you're busy you're doing something you're distracted but you'll never be fulfilled from that It'll never be enough. There'll be never be enough achievement. There'll be never be enough money on the job. There'll be never be enough post, whatever the case may be that you're doing. And so that's how I see it. Yeah. And even too, that can be relationally too. Like, you know, think about how often, you know, I've experienced this in my life. Like how often do maybe you meet somebody and you're doing all of the things, right? That is not really true to true to ourselves. Like think about how often do we compromise truly the values of us for the sake of somebody else liking and accepting us, right? Yeah. And approving of us, thinking that will make them love us or that will make them, you know, but it's really not authentic to ourselves. I think about that in my, just my life, um, before I really even started working with Christ, like just how my truest desire was intimacy. I felt a lot of loneliness. I experienced a lot of loneliness and really wanted to connect with somebody. And so I found myself in different things and different places. And every time I would make these decisions, it wasn't because it was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. It's just what I thought would make them love me and make them better. And then that's leaving. It would may feel good, right? Because it's that junk food. It's like, okay, this is, you know, I'm cool. I can lick my fingers. <laughs> You know, so it may feel good for like a very temporary moment. Yeah. But then say something happens where it blows up, then you're like, dag, like I'm still not getting this intimacy that I'm desiring. Right. And then what's another 
kind of, you know, another space is um, like apathy mm. as well, where we can get into an impaired space when we're experiencing loneliness, come into a space that basically denies our need for us. It's, it's a way, it's a defense against acknowledgement of our true dependency. Um, kind of what are your thoughts on that and how should we go about handling, you know, when we're in these spaces of feeling loneliness? So I know for me, like, even as I know we've been talking about the book for um, The Voice of the Heart by Chip Todd and going back to it, when as I was reading the chapter on loneliness and I found out that apathy is actually the opposite of love. So a lot of times we think hate is. And so and how they how he breaks it down of just explaining how apathy being that lack of interest or enthusiasm or concern, it just makes me think how much so many of us are operating in this space of apathy without even realizing it and glorifying it. We're just like, I don't care. It don't matter. And it's just like, that is not good because from that space, we're not able to love. And so in the apathy, it's like the, it's literally attempting to negate your loneliness or attempting to negate whatever you're feeling in your heart or like just being able to be honest about what you're truly feeling which is honestly very scary when you think about it for people to like well what does it look like practically people who say things like you know all men are all these negative things all women are all these negative things right Mm -hmm. that's a space of apathy that you're dwelling in because your heart is crying out expressing that you're lonely expressing that you truly desire you're hurt Right. And so I, I just want people to think about that. And it's like, well, I don't have. Yes, you do. If you're in a space who's ever said, well, I don't really care. It don't matter. Anytime maybe you're in a relationship or something or somebody's made you mad, but you really don't know how to express your feelings and you just say it's fine, whatever. That's the space of apathy that you're operating from, which is impaired, which is an impaired state. Exactly. Because loneliness, in essence, is acknowledges our need for love. So just being able to be honest about how you're feeling is being able to connect with that and also being able to move toward what you need, which is connecting with others, which is to have that intimacy, to be vulnerable with others, to be honest, like this is what you need. Um, And you also find in that space that you're not the only one. (laughs) There's so many people that struggle with that or feeling that and are feeling embarrassed about it. Because like I said before, we live in this world that's always like, I can do it myself. I'm self-sufficient. I'm self-made. Self, 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 self. You hear that so much. And so it could be so hard. Like there's a fear of dependence, if you will, where dependence is looked at so negatively when we are called to be interdependent and we are dependent on one another to I always like to use this practical example with clients when I talk about interdependence and healthy dependence where it's like not many of us have farms (laughs) like literally from a practical standpoint so we are dependent on those who um being able to go to a grocery store and make sure that we have there's so many things that we are dependent on if you will in our society so that it can run and so we are called to that as in community that's why we have to live in community because not one person can do it all and that's okay because we're not called to we're not god yeah and I think too, like, right, like loneliness also speaks to this, this, right. It speaks to the, that there, there is a desire for fulfillment of something that we'll probably always have, right. Because God intentionally left that space there for himself. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When I think 
about, I'm kind of share a small like testimony. It just always makes me ponder. It makes me wonder, you know, uh, when I was born, my mother expressed that she told me that apparently I was born with a hole in my heart. And, you know, the doctors were wanting to like operate on me, but mom was like, it's a no for me. Y'all can keep that. I'm going to take her. So mm-hmm. never operation, but somehow, and then I went back for a doctor visit, somehow the hole was closed or, or whatever. Who knows? I personally think, and it makes me think like all my life, I just spent so much time. I felt a lot of loneliness growing up. You know, remember last episode talking about sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that girl, I also experienced a lot of loneliness, like because of just that desire. Like I didn't grow up as the only child, but I grew up as the only child. So yeah. that's a lot of loneliness, spending a lot of time with yourself. Just and so you just I spent so much of my life trying to reach outwardly for these places of connections, but it was so impaired. Um, And it wasn't until I came to Christ where it made me wonder, was that hole that I had in my heart when I was born was a spiritual hole? Right. Was that Mm. because loneliness is a emotional and spiritual feeling? Right. Um, And so was that a spiritual hole? And so it wasn't until I came to Christ where I discovered it was him that could only feel the true hole in my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and it makes me think so much about um, this scripture, Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. I'm going to read the TPT. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love's love pours into you until you are filled to the overflowing with the fullness of God. And so just reading through that, right. And as I'm walking with Christ, like you learn to in a healthy way, how to deal with loneliness in these spaces where you are desiring intimacy, you learn to go into worship. Worship is an intimate act, right? Mm -hmm. Worship brings you closer to whatever it is that you're worshiping. We're all created and designed to worship. We're all worshiping something. We're all worshiping someone. Whether or not it is God of God or God, we should just be worshiping God, not anything of God. But whether it is God or anything else, you're worshiping something. And that brings you in an act of intimacy, right? And so through these through this journey, especially reading through this scripture, like you really learn like him pouring into you the depths of what your soul is yearning for in a space of loneliness. There's a reason why his name is Emmanuel, God with us. There's a reason why his name is Elohim Mikarai, the Lord who is near. There's a reason his name is Elroy, the God who sees Sees you, right? Like he's a very relational God. And so when you're in this space where you're yearning for intimacy and you're reaching out, when you walk with Christ, you learn to get in a space of worship. You learn to get in a space of connection with him. And then that feels that, that desire, that need to connect with something in a healthy manner, in a healthy way. Absolutely. And I think that's so good. And something that I, well, if I can be honest at like going and accepting Christ and becoming a Christian, a Christ follower at first, didn't really truly understand just how much 
God is relational. And like, I know we hear it is about relationship, not religion. And there's so many different things that people say, but I didn't have that in my heart. And I didn't really truly understand what that meant and what it meant to be able to be, have true intimacy with God and be close with him. And I know I struggled with that so much personally because I struggled with that with other human beings. So how was I supposed to do that with an invisible God? And I didn't really understand what that could look like. And I didn't understand what the steps were and what that was practically. And um, even as you read this scripture, I'm just like, it just reminds me like, oh my goodness, he's so like just there and and wants to be in relationship with us and desires this. But so often we project our own understanding of how humans interact on him and it just really keeps us like the hurt and the pain we project that on God and we look at him as our own parent or we look at him as whoever in our lives that we've been connected to and it really keeps us from being able to go to him and see him for who he truly is I think as I I'm trying to think of practical ways that I was able to start making that transition from seeing God, how I saw my own parents or anyone in my life to who he truly was. I'm thinking of like practical ways I was able to make that transition. And for me, it was really being able to start grasping the personality of God, not just with my head based on what people have said, but also with with my heart. Like as I think about you were as you were talking about worship being a way of just building that intimacy with God and being able to be in relationship with him and build that relationship it made me think for me like practically how I was able to because I know a lot of times and I'm not the I believe I'm not the only one that has done this but we can tend to project our own understanding our human understanding if you will and our own human experiences with others who have hurt us and project that onto God and kind of see him in that way which kind of makes us want to hide from him or not really want to be close or just feel like we are unworthy of being close to him or whatever the case may be and so to me what has truly helped me overcome that or heal past those initial thoughts or projecting has been really being able to learn the personality of God for myself, not just in my head or what the preacher is saying, pastor is saying, or what other people are saying that have these great relationships with him, but me actually sitting down, I'm like, okay, I want to know this for myself. I want to move all of this head knowledge to my heart so that I'm able to really connect with you in the way that I'm called to in the way that you want me to, in the way that Jesus died for, if you will. So I'm actually able to tap into the my the benefits of my salvation, if you will. And it makes me think of Exodus 34, where the Lord reveals his personality when he is um, passing. Uh, this is when he uh, passed in front of Moses, like this back in front of Moses um, in Exodus. And so it's in the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness and truth, keeping mercy and love and kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression is 
unsin. Um, so just really wanting to, as I think about like the compassion of God, the grace to God, him being slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness and faithfulness and, and merciful. Those are all words that are like, oh, this sounds great. But being able to spend time in his word and how much it really reveals who God is, his personality to us and how that is just like you said, worship is being a way of building that intimacy. But also I have found just being able to sit and read God's word has been a amazing way to get all of that head knowledge or what you hear from other people just moving into your heart and how the Holy Spirit, as you read the word, can make it come alive for you and also give you fresh revelation of what you're reading and how it applies um, in in your own life personally. So I, I love that piece. And so that, as you were talking, it made me think of that. Yeah. And, you know, and honestly, I really believe I, as we're just talking through this, I personally really believe that loneliness is a gift from God, but I really believe that that's one of the feelings that he created for himself. Right. Yeah. Because it, it really forces because it's such a space where we are yearning and desiring for intimacy and it causes us to reach out, you know, like we're, and we're supposed to connect with God first in all things that we do. Right. And so it's just making me think about when you don't have that connection or don't have that relationship with God, how often are we reaching out to things that are unfulfilling, unsatisfying, right? Like, you know, in the middle of the night where, you know, we feeling lonely and you reaching out to somebody you don't have no business reaching Talking out to, to you yeah. know what I'm saying? <laughs> These three o'clock, four o'clock late night calls that you don't need to be doing. Hey, you up? What's up, big head? You know what I'm saying? And then you, <laughs> then you end up in these circles of like, why did I just, you know? So it's like, it's, I really think that that is a feeling that the Lord reserved. This is just my thoughts. I'm not saying this is Bible, but I just think that this is one of the many feelings that he reserved for himself, for us to learn to reach out to him first, because I've discovered that in my spaces where I'm feeling lonely and I'm wanting connection or something, I'll get the wandering out. I'm like, hmm, who should I reach out to? Who should I call? You know, like maybe it's a friend or maybe it's this person, maybe it's whatever. And then sometimes I'll do it, right? Rather, it could be a parent that you reach out to. It could be whatever, whoever. Sometimes yeah. I'll do it and I'm still not fulfilled. Still not fulfilled. They didn't yeah. help me in any way. <laughs> didn't do anything. And then I'm like, Lord, I should have just went to you first. I should have just re reached out to you first and then allow you to lead me on what to do from there. So a lot of times, like, I'm, I'm learning and I'm growing in that discipline of, like, okay, I'm feeling lonely. You know, there's also a reason why Holy Spirit is called the comforter, right? So I'm like, I'm feeling lonely, so I need you to come and fill this space. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be through him saying, hey, call this person. Or it'll be just spend time in my word, like you said. Or just spend time praising. Or just spend time in worship. Or, hey, maybe you should actually, you know, do this thing. Go do this thing that you like to do, and I'll be with you on it. So allowing, going to him first. And then allowing him to direct you on what to do to fulfill that intimacy that you're craving or that you're needing. Because a lot of times we end up in these junk food places that we don't need to be. And I just and it makes me think about the woman at the well, mm. right, um, in the Bible. I want to go to John 4. I love this passage, love this story so much because I was sus at one point in my life, okay? I really was. <laughs> Lord Jesus, was I her? Um so for those of you who don't know, um, this story, a Samaritan woman, um, uh, a Samaritan woman 
who's kind of been through some stuff, you know, um, and Jesus, who is a Jew, he intentionally went out of his way to go and meet this Samaritan woman at a well. Back in those times, Jews and Samaritans didn't mix with each other. They just didn't, it's, they just didn't talk to each other. Um, but Jesus, being the God that he is, being the goodness that he is, he intentionally went to go meet her um, at this well. And so it got to the point where she was experiencing a lot of loneliness and to the point where she was very outcasted from her society. So not only was she a Samaritan, so she was, you know, outcasted from Jews, but she was also, um, you know, had been through many different marriages and things like that, which also was frowned upon then, um, at that time and they back then they could divorce you for really any reason so who knows what the reasons why she got so many divorces like she could blink wrong and they could divorce her um and so which led her to all of that and so it got to the point where their shame and hurt because of that so where back in then when they would go and get the water they would have to um like get up way early to try to beat the sun so all the women would get up early to try to beat the sun to go and get go go get the water from the rail but she went at noontime to intentionally avoid all of these women to intentionally avoid the shame and all of the things like that so she's just got a lot of stuff going on with her and so i want to start with um verse 7 john 4 verse 7 which says soon a samaritan woman came to draw water and jesus said to her please give me a drink he was alone at the time because the disciples had gone into the village to buy some food the woman was surprised for Jews to have anything to do with Samaritans. Um, she said, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. She said, but sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, you don't think you're greater than our ancestors. Do you, and besides, do you think you, that you are greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water, I will give, I will get the but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, um, giving them eternal life. And then so um, going down to 16, she says, sir, give me the water. And he said, go get your husband. And Jesus told her, verse 17 says, I don't have a husband. The woman replied, Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. And then um, it goes into down to verse 23, um, which says, but the time is coming. Indeed, there, indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth. The father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit for those. So those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Just then, the um, and then skip down to verse 
um, 28th, it says the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I did, I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So people came streaming from the village to see him. And I just love this story so much because it just shows so much of like how she was experiencing so much loneliness. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus came to fulfill that loneliness for her and to be essentially her seventh husband, right? Because it says she had five and the one that she's with now and messing around with ain't her husband. So that's six. And then you have Jesus who is the seventh hundreds who has come to complete that loneliness in her heart that she was feeling right. Mm -hmm. Cause seven is the number of completion bi biblically and just talking about the, just her different ways. Like how you going, how you going to give me this water? Basically a lot of apathy was coming out, right? Like at this point she felt probably felt hopeless, probably felt like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm over all of this. Everything is going to be the way it is. Even though her soul, her heart is crying out. Like I want companionship. I want intimacy. Yeah. I want, to be accepted. I want to be, uh, to belong, right? She didn't belong anywhere. She was outcasted from every source there probably was in regards to her circumstance and her environment. And, um, then Jesus coming and speaking to her heart and saying, Hey, like, I'm here to give you that intimacy. I'm here to give you that living water, that nourishment that your soul needs. And it immediately filled her up. And then you see, she went and told everybody, everybody. about it. Like, so I just, I just, I love it so much. Um, what are mm -hmm. kind of your thoughts or what do you see in this passage? Like, as you're reading through it, it made me think of what you said before, where you were talking about how you see loneliness itself as being one of the feelings that God reserved for himself. And going back to loneliness in itself really does acknowledge our need for love. And we know that God is love. Mm -hmm. So it's like literally loneliness is allows us to acknowledge our need for God. And yep. just how you talked about her, where it's like she went through all these things and all these men in particular, and none of them could satisfy her. And then it just brought, you know, shame and isolation and all of these pieces. And then Jesus comes and he's like, I have the, you know, I have the living water that you will never get thirsty. And she's like, give me this water. And then when she is filled with that, she's like telling everybody like, Hey, come see a man that, you know, this must be the Messiah. And so it just made me think how that gives even more evidence to what you said before with how loneliness really gives us the opportunity to humble ourselves in a way and recognize our need for God, our need for yeah. love. And because literally how we're able to even love each other in connection is through God. Yeah. Like it's yeah. literally ultimately however you slice it, it goes back to pointing to the pointing to the father. So that's how I see yeah. it. Yeah. And essentially how did she get there? She got there because she was spending time in the presence of the Lord. Like that's how she got there, right? It's it's almost impossible to learn how to receive and learn how to become dependent and learn how to really accept the voice of our heart without being with God first. Like we have exactly. to be with God first in order to be able to realize like, Oh, this is the love that I needed. Let me go and tell everybody else. Mm -hmm. Right. Like we don't, let me go and share this love with everybody else. We don't know how to do that without being in the presence of God. So that's one, another way 
right? So we talked about being in worship, talked about being in the word. She literally was in the presence of the Lord. And that's, and that's how, how she was able to understand what her heart truly needed and be able to receive that. And another thing I just want to read, I want to read from Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, um, chapter two and three. This is um, a conversation dialogue between a Shumulite bride and a bridegroom. And, you know, the bridegroom who is Jesus is like, you are so beautiful. You are this. You are my bride. You are lovely. You are all the wonderful, beautiful things that you are. And I just want you to come away with me. Come into my inner chamber. Come into the holies of holies with me. Come and spend time with me. Come and dwell with me. Come linger with me. Come and be with me because you need intimacy. And I got the intimacy for you. Right. And so he's saying all this. And so starting at verse 16 in um, chapter two. It says, I'm, this is the bride, right? This is a Shumalite bride. She's saying, she said, I know my lover is mine and I have everything in you for we delight ourselves in each other. But until the day springs to life and the shifting shadows of fear disappear, turn around my lover and ascend to the holy mountains of separation without me. Until the new day fully dawns, run on ahead like the graceful gazelle and skip like the young stag over the mountains of separation. Go on ahead to the mountains of spices, I'll come away another time. Like the apathy and the rejection that she just did. Like, she's like, listen, I love you. You love me. It's cute. It's cool. And I know you probably got everything that I need, but now's not a good time because I got a lot of fear because there's a lot of darkness in me because all of these reasons. Look at that rejection. It makes me like, think how often people do this like practically in real life with just... Uh, with not only, of course, romantic relationships where like you hear things like, oh, I'm not, you're too good or whatever the case may be, just that self-rejection that then gets projected on the relationship, but also how that can happen outside of romantic relationships, even in friendships and how that can happen spiritually when we're projecting this on God and being like, I've heard before where it's like, well, I got to get myself together before I go to him. And it's like, you're not going to be empowered to do that without him. And yeah. so that's what makes me think of. Yeah. And, and and so when we get to this space where it goes back to, again, like, unless we go to God first, we won't know how to receive love when it comes, however it comes, right? We won't know how to receive blessings. We won't know how to receive goodness, whatever it is, whether business, any type of form of relationship, we won't know how to receive it. And that leads us to a place of a hardened heart, right? That leads us to a place where loneliness sits in and then it becomes mm -hmm. impaired and now it comes to well don't nobody know how to do this and all men are that and all women are this and you know everybody are liars and you know then it comes to that and you are shut out from everybody else right and then I just want to go to chapter three um and just read the first few verses um which says uh verse one night after night I'm tossing and turning on my bed of travail why did I let him go from me? How my heart now aches for him, but he is nowhere to be found. So I must rise in search of him, looking throughout the city, seeking until I found him, until I find him. Even if I have to roam through every street, nothing will keep me from my search. Where is he? My soul's true love. He is nowhere to be found. Then I encountered the overseas as they 
overseers as they encircled the city. So I asked them, have you found him, my heart's true love? Just as I moved past them, I encountered him. I found the one I adore. I caught him and fastened myself to him, refusing to be feeble in my heart again. Now I'll bring him back to the temple within where I was given new birth into my innermost parts, the place of my conceiving. First of all, that's deep. And secondly, like... Now this shows her dependency, right? Now this shows her need. Now it shows like, oh, now I'm listening to the voice of my heart. I actually do need companionship. Mm-hmm. I actually do need intimacy. I actually do need love. I actually do need to dwell with you. I actually do need these things. And so now she's reaching out. Now this is showing vulnerability. Now this is showing dependency. It says that she went all throughout the city talking to everybody. Where, 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 where is this man at? Man. Have you seen yeah. him? <laughs> where is it at? Um, and then she was able to find it. So I just I just love these like different passages in the Bible and shows um, how really going back to what I said, I guess loneliness is really reserved for the Lord mm-hmm. and everything else kind of follows. What are your thoughts from that? Absolutely. Uh, as I was reading through it, I was just like going from, no, I'm good, the apathy piece to the next piece where it's like being vulnerable with others, like going around the city and being like, no, this is what I need and being okay with that, not feeling any shame about it or anything yeah. like that. And so, um, yeah, that's what, I, as I was reading through it, I was thinking, and it made me going back to what you said before, how when you were talking about how sometimes we are in this loneliness feeling and we will try and grab something else, like some type of junk food or (laughs) even, even something quote unquote good, like a friend or a family member, that's not, you know, bad, but it's not actually what we need sometimes. And so even being able to go there first and I makes me think of those isolation seasons that we can sometimes be in. It's not meant to be a lonely season, but sometimes we are hidden and we're in these, isolate and I believe that God does it so that we can cultivate intimacy with him yeah and also cultivate dependence on him and really learn that we are able to be dependent on him because in that season doesn't always mean that you're like cut off from everybody you can't talk to nobody there are times where he'll be like reach out to so-and-so or whatever case may be but it really does teach us and it makes me think of when I was in my isolation season and how at first it felt very lonely because I didn't know how to reach out to God I didn't know that I could spend time with him and worship with him I've I've heard people talk about like yeah I spent x amount of time in worship and it was so beautiful and it's like that sounds great but I've never experienced that I don't even know what you're talking about and so being in that season at first it felt so lonely so heavy so like ah until the Lord just met me there and was like try me (laughs) like I have the like you like the woman at the well like I have this water like try me and I was like well I'm gonna need you to teach me because I hear people talk about it I just never experienced it so I'm gonna need you to teach me and just how patient how kind how loving he was able to really teach me how to now start depending on him and how to spend time with him and what that can look like for our relationship and how that then led me to be able to not only be intimate and transparent with him but also be able to do that with others those who he's called me to be in relationship with and how I'm able to not only receive love from him also love him well but also love others well as a result because he helps us with all of that so yeah absolutely and I can see why going back to your statistic that you said earlier about how if 
loneliness isn't paired and it's not dealt with properly, it can be as bad as smoking like 15 cigarettes. Like <laughs> I can see because if it is, if it's truly speaking to the deepest part of our soul and needing that intimacy and you don't have it, like I can see how it could just be total destruction. Like, mm-hmm. Which is why this feeling is reserved for the Lord. It makes so much sense. It makes sense to me in my mind. It does make sense. It does make sense as I think about it. Um, And as we talk through it today, I'm just like, yeah, because I'm like, this is definitely it's an emotion that really is calling us to love to 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 God, which who is love and to really connect with that and be able to be loved, to love others and connect in that way. Um, and the only way we're able to do that from a healthy space, from a healed space, is if we allow God in. And so ultimately, yeah, I agree with you that it is reserved for him. That's good. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts before we end today? If you are lonely, hmm. take a moment to assess what your heart is saying. What do you feel is missing? And I just want to encourage you, challenge you, especially you being a believer. And even if you're not a believer, try it anyway. But invite the Lord in, Jesus. Invite him in first into this feeling of loneliness. And see where that leads you. See Mm -hmm. where that direction. Because we can go to our friends first. We can go to our business partners first. We can go to children first. We can go to our partners and our spouses first. And sometimes they can be what is needed in that moment. But it won't be lasting. And sometimes we can go and it will make things matter, make matters worse. Mm-hmm. Right. I just want to encourage you that if you feel lonely, don't be afraid of it. It can be hard, but just try Jesus first and then allow him to direct you on what to do with that feeling. Absolutely. He's the God of all comfort. So let him comfort you. Let him comfort you. I love that. And definitely agree with it. And so thank you so much for our conversation today. Thank you to all that took the time to listen. We absolutely love you and hope that today's episode blessed you and encouraged you to connect with God as you over be in the space where it's like, okay, I don't have to run from loneliness. I don't have to grab junk food intimacy, if you will. I can literally be intimate with the one who wells never grows dry, like I will never thirst again. So just wanting to encourage you all to do that. We love you. We'll see you next Thursday for the next episode. Let's continue to heal together. Bye, y'all.